0: about Mephibosheth at the age of five he as the grandson of the reigning king was wealthy beyond his wildest imaginations he was a strong and a healthy boy although he may not have known it yet he was in line to be king of Israel someday because of who his grandfather was he would one day be king of the mightiest nation on the earth at that time. At five, he already had wealth and health and power and promise of a very bright and sustaining future. But it was at five years of age that through no fault of his own and without any input on his part, all of that changed. He was involved in an event that created a situation that forever altered his circumstances. And none of it was something he could do anything about. The event was that his father and his grandfather were both killed in battle on the same day. There was nothing he could have done about that. He was only a child, and that event led to a situation. His nursemaid, who feared that somehow the whole line of royal seed would be killed, as was the custom of the day when kings were deposed, uh, he she grabbed him up and started to run with him and tripped over the threshold of the door and dropped him, damaging his legs. I imagine that they were possibly broken. Maybe something could have been done, but they were in a hurry. They were trying to save his life. And so, due to inadequate medical care and conditions, they probably didn't heal correctly. And the bottom line for this is now... Mephibosheth is a cripple. He has no control over anything that caused him to be there. He had to grow up differently. No running, no playing, no climbing trees like the other kids. Life was different for Mephibosheth after that day when he was five. When the king finally began to search for someone to do a kindness to, we find Mephibosheth living in poverty in an out-of-the-way place called Lodabar. Lodabar is really kind of an interesting place in its own right. It was a a frontier town. It really wasn't protected by anyone. It switched hands often in border disputes. It was uh, one of those border towns, and, and its name changed with whoever was dominating it at the current time. Its name alternately meant either no pasture or no communication. Either one was bad news for the people who lived in Lodabar. The bad thing is when you live in a in a shepherd economy to live in a place so barren that means no pasture it means you're living in the middle of hard times. You're literally between a rock and a hard place. Food stamps, the projects, no respect. That's where Mephibosheth lived and there was nobody to call on him for things to get better he couldn't call he couldn't he couldn't make a, a, you know a call to the president he couldn't try to get his senator to do anything about it he couldn't really communicate with anybody because the moment somebody found out he was there his life was in danger so here he lives in abject poverty and he's cared for only by the kindness of a few discreet friends all of this because when he was 5 in one day He lost it all, and it wasn't even his fault. How many of you live your lives defined by one day, one event, one tragedy, something that happened, somebody hurt you verbally, maybe somebody abused you physically, things that have happened have left you empty, you're emotionally spent. Maybe somebody broke their promise to you. An incident occurred that you did not invite, but you still feel guilty about it, even though it wasn't your fault. Maybe an accident changed something about your physical makeup. Now, maybe you suffer with a lot of pain because of something that you have been through, and now you live with physical pain or emotional pain, maybe both. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And save such as have a contrite spirit. Here in our text, we find David conducting a search to do kindness for someone of the family of his friend. He questioned the servants, and the information came to him about Mephibosheth, and the comment was added, and by the way, he's lame. Some of us, we go through life and we know when people talk about us, they add in their own version of who we are. And by the way, there's a lot of baggage there. And just FYI, be careful. Psalm 51.17 says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You know, I have found when people make their, they first, especially when they first make their way to the church, they get discouraged because they seem to carry so much baggage from their old lives. Mephibosheth had baggage. I, I want to I just be very clear. Sometimes we carry baggage and we, we didn't do anything to, to invite it. We didn't do anything to bring it on ourselves. You know that the devil is uh, seeking to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and, and we understand that, and sometimes he destroys us by adding baggage to our life. By giving us so much extra to think about, so much extra to carry, so much extra to be aware of and worry about nonstop. But the Scripture tells me that King David wanted him there. King David wanted him there. It it was so that to sit at the king's table was a a place of honor, prestige, power, and influence. And three times in 13 verses, David promises that Mephibosheth will sit as one of the king's own sons at his table all the days of his life. I, I am reminded... Of Jesus, when he comes to earth, he loves us so much that he knows our baggage. He loves us so much he knows our deformities. He understands, the scripture says, he understands our weakness. This is powerful to me. It's powerful that the king of all the ages would, would come to earth to make a way for you and I to sit at his table Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus is speaking, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day. This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. I don't know if you catch that, but but Jesus says, Because I'm here, this day, that is happening. That's what I came to do. I came to set free those of you who are bound. I came to heal the brokenhearted. I came to lift you up. I came to encourage you. You've got to know that this is happening today. And Mephibosheth learns then what we need to know now, and that's this when you sit at the king's table, everything changes. When you're at the king's table, it's not like it was in Lodabar. Lodabar, you were always where. You were always stressed out, wondering who was coming for you, wondering what shoe was going to drop next, and what 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 bad thing uh, was 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 going to happen. You, everything uh, up to that point had been uh, uh, just messed with because of what happened to you when you were five, and and all the stuff. It's you know it kind of builds a personality in somebody that says, "I wonder. I, I can't get too good because if it gets good, it's probably going the bottom's going to fall out again." And I, I just don't think I could take it anymore. But What we need to know is at the king's table, everything changes because the blessing and the bounty that flows across the top of that table is wonderful. It doesn't matter at the king's table what you were or what you did or where you came from or what has happened to you at the king's table. Everybody is equal. At the king's table, come on somebody, the blessings and the bounty, they just flow. They they continue to happen. It's just going to be there. And so this is the invitation from the king, and it's a royal invitation from Mephibosheth, but it's also for us today. And the invitation is this, pull your brokenness up and slide it under the table. And let the blessings on the top of the table overshadow any brokenness under the table. Come on, somebody. Anything that may be in the past, anything that may have hurt you, and may be a deformity in your, in your life, in your spirit, I want you to know the blessing can still flow. The power can still flow. The anointing can still flow. You're not, come on somebody, you're not inhibited because of what happened to you, or what you've done. But the king says, pull up to my table. I want to take care of you all the days of your life. The king invites you today. The king invites you. There are some people, and I'm 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 gonna be careful today because I don't wanna call anybody out directly, but there are there are people who today they, they can't even sit through a whole service. Because the pain of what has happened to them and the hurt of what has gone on in their life is so strong. When they feel the presence of God, they feel the blessing, they feel the anointing. It's hard for them to even accept because they're like, I just don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not good enough. And and I just want you to know it has nothing to do with you. It doesn't matter. Your past doesn't matter to God. All those things, those hurts and those pains, He is not looking at you and trying to make things worse. He wants to make things better. He wants healing to flow. He wants His power to flow. Amen. He doesn't look at you and see a cripple. He doesn't look at you and see somebody who's deformed. He doesn't look at you and see somebody, amen, who can't make it. He says, That's my friend. I want them at my table. I want to do good to them. I want to take care of them I want to make sure that they have everything that they need it's a royal invitation that you belong that it's your place to be here He says you can lay down the baggage. You can pull your inferiority and your insecurity under my table of blessing. I want to give you good things. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the plans that I have for you. And the things that happen to you shouldn't define you. The things that you've been through don't have to define you. You can pull up to my table and I will bless you. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I preached this a few months ago, and some of you might remember this. I don't even know if I, I preached something else, but I threw this in. I, I want you to know when 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 this this realization hits you when Jesus says, come unto me. And he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I had never heard it preached, never been talked about before, but I've come to believe that the yoke that he's talking about is forgiveness. Forgiveness. And some of you say, well, that's kind of, you know, that's strange. Well, when Jesus was on the cross and they were crucifying him, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so when Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and you're heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everybody with the baggage, come to me. I want to take it from you. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I, I, sometimes I think preachers preach and they don't really explain. So I just want to be thorough and I want to explain to you how you can get rid of the baggage today and how you can pull up under the table. It's It's really simple. You forgive. You have to forgive. Now now some of you are thinking, well, I you know, I'm I'm not mad at anybody else. I'm not angry. I'm I'm upset with myself. Exactly. Sometimes the first person you need to forgive is you. I'm gonna I'm just gonna get right down in your business today. You need to forgive you. I mean, you're not God you're not perfect. You're human. And every human that I know makes mistakes. You know, here's the problem with us. Because we're human and we make mistakes, we think, oh, that, that eliminates us from being anything for God. You know, who, you know whose lie that is? It's not God's truth. That's the devil's lie. But we buy it sometimes, and we, we hold on to that. Well, I could never do this because, you know. No, the devil's a liar. The devil is a liar. Look, we have had people, and some of you didn't even know this, we've had people sit in this church that have killed people before. We've had people sitting in this church that have sold drugs. We've pe- had people in this church that have uh, been prostitutes. We've had. You want to name some really bad sins? Oh, those are really bad sins. Those are horrible. Yeah, guess what? We've had them in here. At the table, because God says, "Look, I don't want you to hold anything back. I want you to bring it all, and I want you to put it under the table. That's where I can bless. That's where I can help. That's where I can forgive. That's what. Come on, somebody. I'm going to give you strength to let go of these things. <clears throat> if you're in this place." And for whatever reason, you've been holding on to something. And you're mad at yourself. And you haven't forgiven yourself. I want you to start today with forgiving yourself. Maybe you're upset. Some of you... I'm just let me, let me get there. I'm almost there. Some of you are upset with other people. You're upset with other people. You are upset with people because of what they did to you or what they did that affects you. Some of you are, are upset with people that left you too early. Or they let you because of something somebody else did or said, and you don't feel like you have any control over it, and you tried to talk it out, and it just didn't work. I want you to know, sometimes you just have to let go. You have to let go. If, if they're not still in your life, and there's no way for them, then just let it go. God will put the right people in your life. But I loved them. I understand. And sometimes you have to let go. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get there. I don't know. Can I, can I go one step further? I talked about you being upset with yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been upset with yourself? Anybody ever been upset with somebody, so upset with somebody that the very thought of them raised your blood pressure? You know what I'm talking about? Just about everybody in this room. Good. That means forgiveness has to flow. If we want to come up under the table, we want to let go of our baggage, we have to forgive. This is why, because Jesus says, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. All right? Now, let me go one step further. This is the one that's really going to throw some of you for a loop. I'm, just, I'm telling you right now, there are those of you in this building that you are upset with God. You can't move forward because you're upset with God. You're upset that he let somebody die. You're upset that he didn't heal somebody when you prayed for him. You're upset that he didn't fix whatever it was that you prayed that would get fixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told you he's going to get quiet. I knew where I was going. I'm wading out into it today. You know what I've be, be started figuring out? That God doesn't work like I think he should work. Like, he's not on my timetable, and he's definitely not, not doing things according to my plans. It's almost comical sometimes when I think, God's going to do this, and then it doesn't look anything like that. And, you know, I used to, I don't as much anymore, I used to get really upset with God. Like, I was, God, why? What is the deal? I don't understand. It, this doesn't make any sense to me. And then I realized that there's a little bit more to it. How many of you have, how many of you have kids? And I'm not going to try to start a controversy here about immunizations, but how many of you uh, have taken your kids to, to get a shot? Isn't that like the worst? I mean, like I got one sitting over there. Ooh wee I mean, you talk about screaming. A scream that would wake the dead. I mean, when she was little, she was like, what, five years old, honey? She was about five years old. I literally had, with all of my strength, and I, I know some of you just like, like past year week, but with all my strength, I'm a, I'm a pretty good-sized guy. With all my strength, I had to hold her with my arms and my legs. I had to hold her still for them because she was, if she could have gotten away, she would have gotten away. I mean, this was just a few weeks ago. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But when she was little, she's this, you know, three years old, two years old, five years old, whatever. And I go in, take her in to uh, see Dr. Nguyen over there, Radcliffe Pediatrics. And and he's doing her shots. And she's screaming. Tears just flooding down her face. She's screwed. Her face is all red. Her cheeks are all red. Everything's just, she's just really tore up about this. She does not understand why this horrible person in front of her is hurting her. And then she looks at me. You start, they, there needs to be counseling sessions for parents that have to get their kids shots. I'm telling you, they got to prepare you for this. With your first, you are not prepared for this. You're not because they look at you with this look of. How could you do this to me? Why are you letting them hurt me so bad? Right? You know what I'm talking about? And you know what? I'm thinking, man, I know these shots are killing her, but this is killing me. This hurts so bad. I remember when Julia was really, really young, we had to take her into the uh, COSER Children's Hospital. She was, she was really dehydrated. It was a really bad situation. And I had to listen. I couldn't even be in the room. I had to listen while they did a spinal tap. That was, you talk about being, you know, just out of my mind. I just, I, I was so distraught. And some of you are like, Oh, Pastor, you're just telling all of your horror stories. Yes, I have a point, and I'm getting there. Just as my daughter looked at me, sometimes we do the same thing with God. When we're in pain, we're looking at God like, God, why did you do this to me? Why did you allow me to go through this pain? Why am I, why am I hurting like I'm hurt? And you're allowing this, God. Like we look at the, the the kids look at the parents. And then it dawned on me. The scripture says his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts. I don't know that I'm okay with serving a God that does everything that makes sense to me. Because if everything he does makes sense to me, why don't he just be human? That'd be just like me, right? If I can understand, then I'm God. (laughs) <laughs> that's the problem. Most of us try to be God. We just become our own version, you know. We, we put God on, well, this is what I want, this is what I hope. And this, is, this is my God. All right, I'm going to get back. I'm getting back. But this invitation to us is to see him for who he really is, to, to understand that he is the king, eternal, immortal, he is the only wise god he is the, the 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 lord of lords he is the great i am he is and he says come to my table Come to my table. I want to. Sh- I want to share forgiveness with you. I want to share mercy with you. I want to share joy and peace with you. And everything that's in your past, all the hurt, all the pain, all the deformity, all of the baggage. I want you to know that I can take care of it. I want you to know, Amen. God wants to heal you. God wants to take the hurt away. He wants to deliver you from pain. He wants to take away the shame in your life. It doesn't matter what happened to you, and it doesn't matter what you have done up to this point. I told you last week, it's my goal to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I've got to speak the truth in love, and I've got to try to open up our minds to see, you know, we, sometimes we're, we're over here upset with God. We haven't forgiven God for something that we perceive that He did. Just read the book of Job. Whew. Read the book of Job. Job's like, God, I don't understand. He's got all these questions. And God's like, Job, where were you when I formed the worlds? In essence, it was like God was saying, hey, Job, you got some complaints about how I'm running my universe? All right. I tell you what, you bring your universe, I'll bring mine. We'll sit down and have some coffee, and you can tell me all your complaints. Oh, what? You don't have a universe? Then you have no business how to tell me. How to run mine? Well, and some of us, we want to tell God how to run His universe, and if He doesn't run it the way that we think He should, I can't tell you why certain things happen, why why certain people uh, uh, get disease or, or 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 die, or I can't tell you why certain people uh, you know that are, are innocent that, that that get locked up, and certain people that are are guilty as all get out. They, they, they get free. And I, I can't tell you why certain things happen. And, and I don't really understand a lot of that. But I, I do know this. I do know that God is in control. I do know that he still sits on the throne and he invites us to be part of his table. He wants to provide and take good care of us. Amen. Amen. For many of you, you have come to God, and God has changed and rearranged your life. And you're thankful, but if you're to be honest, there's still brokenness. You know how to look the part when you come to church. Don't don't let me offend anybody. You know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you you know how to look the part when you come to church, and and you know how to you know, Pastor walks up to you, hey, how you doing today? And you put on your smile, and everything's good. But but there's still brokenness there's still hurt some some things you're still dealing with you're blessed but you're broken you're blessed and and things are good and the blessings of God are probably on you more now than they have ever been but underneath can I say it there's still some brokenness Look, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be um, all high and mighty here. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. God has blessed me. I'm thankful to be where I'm at. I'm thankful to do what I do. And, and, and many days I'm blessed and things are good. And then sometimes, you know, I just start crying and you're like, oh, he's still broken. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. There's still some things. You know, I've said this before. I can go I can go days, months, years and not think about certain things and then just every once in a while something will creep up and I'll be like, I'm still broken. (laughs) I thought that was fixed. I thought that was handled but some of us are going to have to realize that just because we are blessed that doesn't mean that there's never going to be any brokenness. Only God can take away the hurt. Only He can fix what has been done. And sometimes He allows brokenness to remain so that we'll trust Him. So that we'll depend on Him. So that we'll reach out in brokenness to others who have been broken and we'll be a blessing to them. Sometimes it's our brokenness that keeps Keeps us right where God wants us to be. At His table. At His table. At His table. Would you stand with me? Some of us just need to come to terms with it. I I, I know I'm, I'm I struggle myself. I'm being honest. But we got to come to terms with this. If God never completely heals this hurt, if He never completely takes away this pain. If he never completely fixes my brokenness, I'm going to stay at his table. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of people out there. You, there's more to read. There's more to the story. I'm not going to try to cover it all today. But there's a lot of things out there trying to pull us away from the master's table. There's a lot of quick fixes and feel-goods out there. We live in a world with over-medication... I'm not saying medication, all medication is bad, but we live in a world that is overly medicated. We medicate for everything. And sometimes we got to remember that pain is good. Pain is good. I don't want to have any pain. I don't want to feel any pain. Pain is good because it lets us know what is still broken, what is not right, I'm going to stay at the table of God's blessing because it's where I belong. It's where I belong. It's it's who I'm meant to be. Now the devil thought if he would put some hurt on me, put some baggage on me, he, he thought that he could kind of pull me away and mess with my mind enough to where I would just stay away. But I choose to accept the invitation of the king to be at his table. Because it's who I'm meant to be. I I know exactly who he says that I am. And he says that I'm blessed. He says I'm a child of God. He says I'm going to keep you at my table all the days of your life. He's going to prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Every time I I look around, I'm going to see his blessing and goodness and mercy are going to be following me. Because... I'm His. I belong to Him. I didn't get here by my own merit. I didn't deserve it. But this is where He placed me. Oh, I wish you could get this today. Some of you, you're you're trying to decide if you're going to keep coming to church. You're you're trying to decide, am I going to really surrender everything and give God everything? Why wouldn't you? The benefits are so awesome. It's so great to have your life bound up in the mighty hands of God who knows everything, sees everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He's got your best interest in mind. Why not just surrender to Him? Why keep trying to do it by yourself? So here's my call to you today. I want you to come out of Lodabar. I want you to leave the past behind. There are those of you that you've got spiritual issues that you say I, I don't know if he'll accept me he will accept you some of you you've got questions you're like job and you're questioning finally God has to say okay enough questions job just trust I've gotten to the place in the last year or so in my life there have been things that have happened that I just didn't understand and I was like god I don't and I I thought that I was going to lose my mind trying to figure out why God was doing what he was doing. I was trying to match wits with the one who formed my brain. Playing chess with God. You're not going to win. He knows what's best. And so I just have to resolve, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I I know I I can't always trace what you're doing, but I can trust you. Just like that little kid in the doctor's office, she's here today. She had to trust we were doing what was best for her. Sometimes she still has to trust we're doing what's best for her. And you and I, we have to trust that God knows what's best. I, I don't know what's going on to get you to this point, but I want to remind you of something very important. When the king invites you to his table, that one day of your life doesn't matter anymore that one event that happened, what defines you now is a different day. It's the day that you got the King's invitation. If you've not heard it in a while, let me just remind you, He says, come. He says, I will take I will take every burden, I will take every sin, I will take every shame. Amen. I, I will take it for you and I will replace it with joy and peace and love. You'll feel something you've never felt before. And if you're in this place today, the king invites you. Turn from sin. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. And if you're mad at God, you need to forgive God and trust him that he knows what's best. But I want to challenge you. Step out of your seat today. Come to the king's table. Why don't you just surrender? You have to surrender and say, you know what? I'm at the mercy of the king. They always say stuff like, you know, I I serve at the, the pleasure of the president. Or I serve at the pleasure of, you know, whatever. I serve at the pleasure of the king. I'm here because the king called me. I'm not here because AJ Dummett is special. Amen. I'm the pastor here, but it's not because I deserve it or I earn it. I told you last week, my principal said, if AJ can pastor, anybody can pastor. You know what that tells me? I'm here because the king said, I want you here. I'm here, I'm here because he said, This is where you belong. This is where I'm placing you. Amen. So today, this altar's open. I wonder if you would come and say, God, I surrender to you. I wanna be who you want me to be. I wanna be where you want me to be. I know that I'm a child of God and you have called me your own. Amen. This altar's open.